Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Hollywood Breaks. This week, we welcome the writer of the Wake Up newsletter, Sean McNulty, as we dive into Elon Musk finally getting the keys to the kingdom. The bird is free indeed. We also discuss the leadership changes at DC and dive into what cord cutting really means for the future of this business. So welcome to this episode of Hollywood Breaks. Good to have you back on, Sean. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, no, of course. It's unfortunate today is not a very big news day. You know, there's no divorces happening. Nothing to talk about. Happening. No big flops in the box office. It's going to be such a slow episode for us today. I don't know what we're going to talk about. It's like end of summer. It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I uh, Keith and I were talking before you jumped on about the whole Twitter thing. The Elon Musk walking in with a sink in his hand just to uh, basically clean things up. It's classic Elon Musk kind of move. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, at one point we have Twitter under a battle of ownership. You know, what's going to happen? Clearly some some things that are going to change in the media landscape on that side. And then just some of the um, cable members that are coming out and the, and the information happening with users and and um, fans of that case. So like, I find like our, our landscape is once again changing. You know, maybe it is just into summer, but our landscape is just changing once again of like where people are going to go, what they're going to pay attention to, where they're going to get the new sources and, and many things like that. A lot of things shifting. Uh, it's the middle of earnings season for a quarter, third quarter, which is why all this news is coming out uh, in this yeah. kind of <laughs> fire hose <laughs> at a time where everybody chooses these, these two weeks to kind of really put it all out there. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, Twitter's, I mean, yeah, Elon in the sink, you know, I, I joked in the, the newsletter this morning, uh, you know, uh, I'd love to see the thought process on like, yeah, I should bring the sink, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Totally bring the sink. That's going to play well, man. Yeah. That's gonna be like, <laughs> or like picking out the sink even like, I was thinking like what assistant went and bought a kitchen sink? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. He did not. Yeah, exactly. That was not he his wasn't going to but, Home Depot. <laughs> right. Right. And no, no, it's too big. No, no, I need it. No, I need to no, get the good sink. Not that's, you know, like, you know, like what, what was that process like of, you know, yeah. clearly it wasn't uh, improv comedy, no. um, but you know, yeah. Twitter. Look, it's a private company now too, which is you know we're not we're not going to get any more numbers out of Twitter really uh, in an official every quarter kind of thing. So that's one big shift that'll kind of happen. Um, you know, he come he came in, he fired the CEO, the CFO, the top two legal people. First thing you're out. Um, you know, when he told everybody the rumor or the rumor, but word around was he was going to lay off 75% of the staff. He kind of came in and said, that's, I don't know if he said that's not true or not, but certainly was like, well, maybe, you know, don't believe everything you read kind of thing. But uh, that, you know, we've all been at companies, Keith, certainly where yeah. not to this scale per se, but when new management comes in and you're, you know, this is a very extreme case of that, but mm-hmm. uh, working at Twitter right now is not something I, I would envy of, of anybody, mm-hmm. unfortunately. No. Yeah. But it, and just <clears throat> the, uh, kind of sh- the influence that they've had for so many years, really of sending out um, and people being able to use that as a platform to send out their message, gather people, promote things, what have you. It'd be curious to find out if he's really going to clean up all these bots, what that really means for us in a media landscape of like, are we going to see changes and kind of relevant um, more information? Is it going to be a platform that people will use the same way? Or I, I also kind of curious if people will just run away. If, if Elon Musk owns it, will there be people deplatforming and saying, that's not where I want to go? Well, I mean, it's interesting because there's all, all be, there's all been all this 
data because obviously because of the sale, a lot of stuff was made public because of the run up to the trial, and we we're getting all this information that we didn't normally wouldn't normally have access to necessarily. And it was like I think something like ten percent of Twitter users are the most active and drive most of the discourse and the news cycle and. And I would say a vast majority of those come from the more left side of the aisle versus the right. So, it, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that all changes because on the left side, they all hate him. On the right side, they all love him. So it'll be interesting to see like how that, that all shifts now. And then there's also a study that was actually in um, uh, TGIF, which is um, Barry Weiss's newsletter. And um, they, she had... Uh, this, her wife, Nellie Bowles, writes this TGIF newsletter, which is great. And she had charts that sort of saying where people are getting their news and TikTok is now one of the top sites for news, which is also owned by a somewhat not entirely friendly foreign power. Right. So that kind of that kind of makes it very interesting, sort of, and just Elon coming in to Twitter. And I think there's a lot of people who are like, okay, well, let's see what happens now, because he was very clear in his letter to advertisers, which I think was released yesterday or earlier today that he's like listen i recognize that this is a town square everyone needs to have a voice but it's not going to be a free-for-all a lot of things are going to stay the same but some things are going to change and we'll see i, I don't think advertisers are 100 convinced that that's the case um and just from a sort of content marketing standpoint i mean so many people use twitter as you mentioned earlier tin as sort of like a resource to market themselves um, and now that I don't know if that's going to change. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's, it's, and as Sean pointed out, it's private now. And that's another big thing. Like yeah. we're not going to get a peek into the, under the hood as much as we used to. And they're not going to be as beholden to some of those sort of SEC rules that affect a lot of the other public traded, publicly traded companies. So I think there's a lot of things that are going to change and, um, you know, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's going to be. You know, what's, what's funny, he made so Elon put out this big uh, open letter. There's a letter to advertisers, you know, yeah. and none of the stuff he's been talking about for the past five months was in it. And yeah. it's like, oh, what happened? All the talk about bots. And uh, he was just very much want to maintain public, you know, discourse and all this very positive, right. you know, and like, oh, right. When you get to the keys of the company, all of a sudden your perspective changes a little bit, doesn't it? And uh, <laughs> so, you know, yes. it's one thing to talk crap from the outside and it's be that yeah. guy coming in and then he's you know made this offer and whatever you know and whatever it was and now yeah now we now his his financial and i mean tesla's his core of his business but it's 54 <laughs> you know whatever the billions of dollars it is yeah out of all of his money but he has a lot of investor money from morgan stanley and things like that and he's got a lot more responsibility on it now so his language 100 percent changed and we'll, we'll be getting these random Angry, angry tweets, you know, on the platform anymore or not? And, you know, it's a lot of questions there. We'll see. It's an ongoing saga. I don't, you know, there's not too much anybody knows more than anything else about Elon Musk. So, you know, uh, we shall see. What's the value of the platform to, like, basically, let's say, let's keep it within our industry for just for the sake of argument. But like, what's the value of the platform? Do you think it's something that can be converted and changed to a video platform or a streaming platform? That might be in a very primary kind of ugly way of thinking of it. Or is it um, is it really the value in on the marketing side where you can promote and gather users and followers? Or is it really clearly about a village voice and just saying, hey, the value is there are no filters. There's no gateways. There's no sensors. You know, say what you want. Yeah, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I think the key to your point and the thing I read as well was, you know, the top, you know, 
uh, 90% of tweets are sent by 10% of the users. You know, yeah, yeah. Twitter's Twitter has this outsized presence given to it versus its influence. Uh, it is not a video platform that's been tried several times. It is not a, even, you know, the spaces things going on with, you know, uh, with live, you know, the clubhouse uh, model, whatever you want to call it. I don't know that I've heard that's a real big success. They've had Twitter blue, the subscription product, you know, they don't, you know, if they, Twitter's been around for a long time. If they would have figured out how to make money on it, they would have by now. You know, they make right. some money, but what's the key to Twitter? It just is what it is. It was never created with anything else in mind. It was just created as this, oh, this is a cool thing I can do. Right. Let's see if this, and it took off and it had a lot of, you know, momentum in the Arab Spring and it had a lot of momentum going on. And those these world events became that way, but the world's not like that anymore. And now it's a, primarily a, a news platform for people for a lot of journalists on there of all yeah. ilk and a lot of anger and a lot of, you know, whatever it is. But celebrities now don't as much uh, go on there to make their announcements. They'll do it on Instagram. They do videos that, you know, but Twitter's not the platform that they used to do, which was right. in the late, you know, 2010s, maybe like, oh, somebody tweeted out this thing. And once Trump left, certainly that was a whole other, you know, chapter marker for them. So what, yeah, yeah, Tim's a good, it's a good question. Uh, You know, what is the growth pattern here? Twitter, you know, Elon made a lot of big noise about what he can grow that platform to be. It's nowhere, you know, it's not as big as Snapchat. I mean, the, the, the user numbers aren't even there, you know, so the size is it's compared to snap or even, you know, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok is nowhere near any of those platforms in terms of users and influence in that sense so i feel yeah. like it's just like buying a newspaper in a way yeah that, i mean that, that's that's actually a really great by the washington post yeah yeah it's a great analogy it is very much just like sean said it's a lot of journalists use it um politicians use it it's used often for a lot of hot takes after certain events and he's right a lot of celebrities don't really use it they use more like instagram Studios will use it to sort of promote, like when you first open the app, there's usually something or an app will pop up in the middle when you're scrolling that's sort of promoting an upcoming film. So that's just a part of like the broader digital marketing plan just to be everywhere where everybody is. I don't think necessarily Twitter gets an oversized influence versus a TikTok or an Instagram. In fact, if you look at most surveys for the younger generations, their Twitter is sort of down way down. It's more in- low. Every poll I see, it's, it's yeah, never it's more TikTok. Yeah and snap and even some extent instagram but instagram is becoming more and more sort of an older generation uh tool and tiktok and snap or like 28 like if you're 28 to 30 that's an older generation we need to get people the next exactly (laughs) that's the next phase so i don't know we'll see i mean you know i i i think it feels a lot like a newspaper but you know much, you know, there's there much like Rupert Mur- Murdoch still believes in his newspapers. There will be somebody who will always believe in Twitter. You remember just in the yeah. days where the big corporations wanted people to, to become addicted to cigarettes, something so basic. And now it's like addicted to any media platform. The next media platform is when we need to get that generation hooked on yeah. so we can have years and years and years of growth. Reduce the churn. <laughs> Reduce the churn. Give me Look, a high you know, ARPU. That's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what's still around? Terrestrial radio. So, you know, they're like yes. these platforms, you know, so <laughs> the roles change, but things don't go away. And Twitter right. might have had its moment in the sun. And, you know, we'll see if it can be grown again, but uh, will it go away? You know, that's a, a larger business question, but right. will it become all of a sudden this major growth engine of the, has it become the no. new hot social media platform? No, you know, no. that's not in the future. So, yeah, he's got a lot to figure out. Might be a good, um, segue there just to talk about two other platforms that are changing because it does feel like 
we're getting more and more information. And I think, Sean, this is the stuff you've been covering. It's just like the cord cutter world of like cable is also changing the way the bundles happened. And it, truly, we can imagine channels disappearing off of some uh, some cable services where for the for all of our lifetime, it's just been growing and growing and growing. I think we've hit the maximum, but now people are debundling, getting away. And I'm going to guess the recession slash inflation that's happening to us is part of that decision of if I have to pay for a gallon of milk or my cable of something I don't really watch, I'm, I'm dropping that and watching sports on Hulu. Yeah. And now you also have the virtual bundle. If you want to, if you want the bundle, you can get Hulu plus live TV or YouTube TV. You know, you don't even have to have that cable box and the, you know, that experience of cable, which I don't think anybody really enjoys that either. Yeah. Um, if you do want to have that bundle, you want to have it for four months for NHL season or whatever it might be. And I don't want it the rest of the year to watch my ESPN, whatever it might be. But yeah, that, you know, so, you know, Comcast and now they lost another 540,000 uh, cable TV subscribers in the third quarter. It's in three months. They are now down over 1.5 million this year, and the year isn't even over yet. Uh, they lost the 1.4 million in 2020. I think it was like 1.6 or 7 in 2021. This will probably be well over 2 million by the time fourth quarter comes around. Wait, what's, what's the revenue loss on 1.5 million? Well, yeah. the question is, what's your margin loss? And that's just it. Where how much money is Comcast making on a video package anymore? Because they get you know every every year you're you know uh, so essentially you know uh, they have to pay cable each cable network the right to carry. So they gave ten cents a subscriber, whatever it might be. Your ESPN, it's eight dollars and twenty five cents a subscriber. So those rates keep going up. The more it goes up, either they pass it on a higher cable bill to you or they have to eat the cost. So, you know, the margins there have gotten squeezed over the years. So how much money is that gone? Sure, revenue-wise, but how much profitability is gone for them? Eh, they're a broadband company. They're, that's where they make their money, you know, in that sense. But the problem is, you know, the broadband subscribers are also flatlining, which is a different story. But yeah, sure. the thing is, you know, it's just where these cable networks revenue has been built on. It's, the, it's been, you know, the best media business model of all time. I get paid from Comcast, Charter, you know, whoever gives my cable, uh, gives you your cable as a consumer. And I also get to sell advertising. So I get the double dip on it. The large, but now your advertiser base from what you're advertising to is dwindling because of cord cutting. So if before you had, 85 million households have your cable TV and now it's 70. That's a 15 million people that you cannot sell ads to anymore on your cable right. channel. So that's right. less revenue for the cable network. And then that's also 15 million homes that I'm not being paid for that I was being paid for five, 10 years ago. So the revenue for the cable network business is just going down and streaming is not really making that up. And these numbers you know, the Comcast earnings call, which I listened to this week, you know, they were asked about the video, you know, the trends in the video business. And will this, you know, they really hadn't, usually the cable business, like, yeah, we're going to try this bundle. Or they try to make some creative answer up, whether it's going to work or not. They were just like, yeah, these trends aren't going to change. And that's like you know. the sports um, leagues are also going to suffer from this, right? Because they're basically baseball, football, basketball, all those are bundled. They get a lot of revenue from the from the networks carrying them if the networks don't have the revenue of the viewers those packages and those those offers are going to not be the same yeah the nba is the real next canary in the coal mine because there's one they're that next league with the deal up the nfl set for another 10 years uh baseball is really neither here nor there and hockey right. has, a, has set a new deal as well so the nba deal is it's up in 2025 but it's gonna be renegotiated you know probably by next year will be the when the new deals will be set 
And that's really the thing. Uh, does the NBA stick with the bundle, which is t- they're heavily TNT and, and ESPN split yeah. right now with some right. you know network uh, uh, you know games as well, right. but. You know the thing that's interesting that's popping up is the the, the L.A. Clippers this year launched a D to C streaming service for pretty much for seventy two of their eighty two games. L.A. You know it's it's geo targeted, so it's only L.A. You know Based. general right, almost like local, local network, local television used to do. It's local. as you yeah. if you were in New York City, the S network, whatever local or you know regional sports network they call RSN. You know whatever that yeah. would be. If, regional and, sports, yeah, exactly. So that's in Valley Sports Networks, which. Bought the old Fox Sports Networks. They also launched the D2C product for $20 a month. So this is what's, is this going to be either future, our team's yeah. going to start offering their things or will these local RSNs be streaming only and really be able to get, if you want to watch the Rangers, you want to watch the, you know, Chicago Bulls and you want to pay, you know, $200 for the season. Here's your option, and don't worry about cable. And that's where the bundle really, yeah, you're right, Tim. That's that, yeah. once that starts. Maybe you know, the NFL's already, you know, the, the Amazon deal this year is that's the first toe in the water of that. Yeah. Uh, we're streaming only for at least one franchise. Um, but you know, uh, ESPN will be the thing that the thing that everybody you know waits for in terms of putting actual real games and not just the out of market hockey games on there uh, to stream, which now it doesn't have a lot of value. But yeah. Yeah, so interesting. What a, an evolution. I remember when the this is going to be relevant, I promise, but <laughs> I have to warn you guys when I say this. But the when Weather Channel was purchased, um, one of the, one of the big parts and big values of that deal for the buyer um was all the fact of all the local weather networks bundled into it. So you can imagine this almost playing itself out the same way with sports because weather and sports, traffic and politics, right? Those are the things that are always need to be live and local. Um, so that idea of like, well, the local sports networks also having a big national conglomerate somehow um, and the play of like, oh, how do we bundle teams, bundle cities together and create a, a, maybe a brand new network, brand new type of network we haven't seen before. Um, it'll be pretty interesting to see how the evolution takes place because there's a lot of money in sports, a lot of followers, a lot of loyalty to the team. So give a built-in audience um, when you're doing that. Yeah. And the thing about the, the local things too, is that, you know, all cities are not the same size. So right. the Kansas city team doesn't have as, you know, the LA can get a lot more money for a streaming service. The the Kansas city market, you know, the reason why they bundle together for sports rights is to, you know, everybody gets an equal cut of the pie. So when the NBA deal goes through, every team, whether you are, you know, a smaller market team, New Orleans, you know, Pelicans, or whether you're the LA Lakers, you're getting the same amount from the TNT deal, ESPN deal. So these local things that pop up, if they're going to take away from that, you can't because that's the real check that they get for their for their rights. It's even these these local streaming things if they take off are not going to meaningful you know you're talking 60 70 maybe 100 million a year where the nba check's going to be like 275 300 million a year so you know a lot of math to figure out that was protected in this bundle for a long time tim and we're going to see a lot of experimentation uh there's gonna be no like oh this is the one way to do it for this this sport it's going to be a lot of uh mixed packages that way and you know the yankees and cowboys are valued for a certain reason you know much more than other clubs are in the world so uh, never a dull moment in the. Remember the Eagles, list. right, Keith? Oh, Philly, man! I don't <laughs> care about the Eagles, man. Go Steelers! Come on, give me a break. <laughs> but I don't hate the Eagles. I'll root for them when they're not playing the Steelers. How's that? The Phillies are doing pretty good. You're not doing. Yeah, pretty the Phillies good. Yeah, game one tonight, maybe eight oh three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
first pitch. You're wearing a red today. You know? Didn't really. No, I know. I'm probably going to get eviscerated for that too. I've been getting eviscerated for my um, choice of clothing when I go to certain events and I'm not decked out in Philly red that I get <laughs> attacked. <laughs> So anyway, events. all right yeah Fair certain enough. events yes exactly some they don't really give they could care less but some i do get attacked so we'll see anyway yeah um, but i agree with you i mean it, it, it's interesting because i my thing that keeps popping up in my head is you said mentioned the uh, the whole amazon thing and it, i wonder because it doesn't seem like everyone's been overly wow now granted it's a thursday night game so in the thursday night game ratings have never been spectacular but i'm wondering if if everyone feels like this, it, if it's, it's going to be viewed as a success because we had the Amazon numbers that came out yesterday and they weren't exactly spectacular. Um, but I think everyone's sort of expecting that given the, where the economy is supposedly headed in 2023, that, you know, earnings are going to just not be great for the next few quarters. But at the same time, it, I mean, they did rave about it and how it, you know, drove some subs and whatnot, but I don't know. I just feel like the numbers aren't that impressive. I mean, and again, it could be because Thursday night football and it's not Sunday, but maybe that'll be the real test. Will it be real test? Will you, if, you know, and if CBS or Fox or it should happen to lose some of their Sunday night game or Sunday games, then that'll be the real test about whether or not streaming is actually the future. Yeah. And they, you know, they open big and as you said, Keith, you know, the, the live, by live by the sword, die by the sword of, of right. a fr- uh, franchises. What, who's playing, you know, when, yeah, it's, exactly. uh, <laughs> when it's Denver, you know, two games two weeks in a row with no touchdowns. It's like, right. I don't care what network you're on, you know, <laughs> no that, one's watching that game. <laughs> that's not a good investment. Um, yeah. And they opened, you know, roughly to, again, these are Nielsen numbers, right. you know, 12, 13 million there. The last game was 7.8 or eight, you know, 8 million. So you're down right. on, you know, 40% from opening week. Uh, and again, you know, but for them, it's also driving like, you know, I mean, I, I love NFL and I watch every week and, you know, it's an amazing promotional vehicle for all their products that they just don't have, you know, so yeah, that's that true. Be yeah. ring cameras to the peripheral, the new season to, you know, Judd, um, uh, Jack Ryan's news that tra- the trailer dropped last night. So they do yep. that, you know, and they sell advertising so they can also make revenue back. They're not just, you know, promoting themselves. So there is a, a fly, you know, the, the new wheel, word of the 2020s, so the new flywheel where, okay, maybe it's a little bit lost leader here and we're doing this, but it's a nice way to promote X, Y, and Z to an audience that we would never, ever, we have to spend millions of dollars to go reach elsewhere on and buy that $800,000 slot on Fox NFL, you know, which we don't have to pay for now. So there are some other things to it. Um, But, you know, they're also learning that I think, you know, there's a big ad push in September, early September, Lord of the Rings football. And it's like, maybe they need to do another, Hey, we're still here because people dropped off and you have your media habits and new shows come on. And now you have world series coming in last week's game had a, the Yankees Houston, you know, ALCS competition going on. So, you know, maybe there's more of a push to it. They just they just signed uh, LeBron James to do an uh, a Manning cast uh, starting on November 17th with his uh, show, The Shop, that he does with his producing partners, and they'll oh, have yeah, special yeah. guests on. So they're you know, and and to, they said this from the start, saying we're launching this, we're going to grow, this will grow, and what we're doing. So this is only phase one. So you know, right. I get benefit of the doubt <laughs> certainly, uh, but also at Amazon, Keith, you know, they're shipping. This is this is line. 
16 on the know. you know on, exactly. on, the, on the excel sheet <laughs> yeah it's not it's not high on the on the on the uh yeah the, the chart i get it yeah you know sure. and that's the thing too tim in these conference calls you know uh these uh, earnings calls you know, comcast you know it's like peacock and all these numbers and like they spent about 30 seconds on peacock they are a cable company or in a broadband company and arguably a theme park company and a movie company before they are a streaming business company, you know? So whereas in Netflix, it's job one and Disney, you're probably job two or three, right. you know, we're about discovery HBO max. It's roughly top three jobs. So, you know, it just depends on what company you're talking about. It's, it's not as fun to discuss because you want to put everything head to head, but there are, there is a lot of nuance here between, you know, and then Apple T Apple, didn't even mention it in their own prepared remark at Apple TV Plus. Yeah, yeah. Somebody asked because they don't really do it. I mean, Apple. Yeah, just they like, don't really do much with it. <laughs> you know, they don't. They break nothing out. You know, it's no. we have 900, 900 million subscriptions, and I'm like, that includes like people who pay for podcast subscriptions. Like, you know, it's like yeah. it's not you know, like literally. Like, it's the most useless number in the world because it's all under services, which is podcasts, music, game, you know, arcade yeah. games. So you know, it's really hard to get. We all want this kind of old. ABC, CBS, Fox, you know, kind of Thursday night battle who won. And it's like, well, it's a little, it's not as much, it's not as much fun as it used to be, Tim. Sorry. Sorry yeah. to put a, it's apples as it used to be. The media world has changed so much. It's incredible to think of what a big player Amazon is in the media space, but on media, on their books, it's like, well, yeah, it's one of the top 20 things we sure, do. Sure. It's great. Emmy nominations are awesome. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for asking. Like, <laughs> thanks for the recognition. Some vice president of vice presidency uh, got a got a deal or whatever off of that. But yeah, it's so you know it's funny from one perspective when you're in this part of the industry, it's a very valuable thing and a very valuable deal and a very valuable relationship. But inside of the some of these motherships, it's like oh oh yeah, TV. We kind of we do that with our video game subscriptions and podcast subscriptions. We're like wow, yeah. that's not. But Apple's also raising their prices for Apple TV Plus and for Apple Music. So, you know, there is a cut with there's this kind of open checkbook era uh, is and all of media is kind of, you know, coming to an end with just interest rate, the economy and so on and so forth. So it's even interesting that Apple TV Plus, do you think, just has endless will to spend on this stuff? It's like, oh, you're raising prices by, you know, by 40%. It's just two bucks a month, but it's like, okay, that's a decent spend, you know, that you're kind of asking people to pay for this now. Well, so. they have to pay off Oprah? They probably have to raise our rates. <laughs> yeah. That's the Ted Lasso bill, probably. Yeah. Season three that just keeps well, spending and more and more money. <laughs> it's season four. If you want season four, you know, somewhere yeah. a little. Uh, that, yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, I think they so. produce, they better start doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Keith, I read your newsletter this week. The, oh. Yeah, yeah. Diving into the whole DC world and what the yes. um, Black Adam's going to mean. Do you think there's a? Do you think Dwayne Johnson? This is the question. Do you think Dwayne Johnson really is saving the DC universe here? <laughs> Come on, is he really the Superman uh, of Superman here? Well, you know, he, you know, I, I get he's a, he's the the master promoter, so of course he's going to say um, Black Adam was a hit and, you know, listen, he as really far is as, a brilliant uh, promoter. He's a, brilliant. he is, he is, he's a great self promoter. He knows how to promote himself. And, you know, the opening for it was okay. I mean, you know, they met the number like that's okay. Great. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they, it holds this weekend. I'll be curious to see if it does a 60% plus tumble, which I probably think it will. Um, but as far as, you know, this is what I talked a little bit about newsletter, you know, I'm not as bullish on this 
uh, James Gunn, Peter Safran announcement as I think most people are um, um, for a few reasons. One, I, I don't think the co-president thing ever works um, because you divide and you divide jobs like that. And at least in my experience, one always leaks over into the other. Like, you know, everyone can say, well, James Gunn's going to be creative. He's not going to care about the business side. He will care about it when it starts affecting his creative. And that's when it's going to get interesting. And, and you can't tell me a producer like Peter Safran is going to be like, okay, I'm out. He can handle the creative. I'll just focus on the business. Bullshit. Not going to happen. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, that's one. The other thing is I- I'm not sure any high-end director is going to want another director sort of leaning over their shoulder, which is essentially what we're looking at here with James Gunn, who's an actual, who's a director who's done mostly comic book movies. So there's a level of street cred that he has that's important, but the sheen is coming off comic book movies. We all talked about this ad nauseum. So they have to raise their game. Mimicking Marvel is not going to be enough anymore. They have to raise their game, and that may involve bringing in a high-end director. And I don't know a high-end director who's going to want another director breathing down their neck. So we'll see. I mean, I'm willing to eat crow if it does work. Um, we'll see. I, you know, I, I just I don't know what we'll to see, like what exactly their plans are. Um, you know, Henry Cavill coming back as Superman got a lot of good press for them. Um, you know, it's interesting. I also think another component of this. Because I don't think Mike DeLuca and Pam Abdi just want to wash their hands of DC completely. Um, I think they were somewhat involved in bringing in Peter Safran and James Gunn into the, the picture. And I don't think they want to let go. And I think the original plan was DC was going to operate as a separate unit from Warner Brothers. And I don't think Pam and DeLuca necessarily want to let that go. So with this team in place, they still have a, a foothold in it. And point of fact, when they initially, Danny Garcia, who's um, Dwayne Johnson's ex-wife and also Henry Cavill's manager and the producer on Black Adam, went to Walter Hermada, who was then the head of DC and said, we want to bring Henry back for Black Adam. Walter said no, because he wanted, oh, really? to, fo- he wanted to focus on the Ta-Nehisi Coates Black Superman version. That's where he oh, wanted yeah, to sure. take it. So he wanted to segue over. Right, he right. wanted to segue to a new chapter. He wanted to move away from the Snyderverse and move into a new chapter. So Danny goes around Hamada and goes to Mike DeLuca and Pam Abdi and says, I want to bring Henry back for Superman. They're like, yes, let's do it. So it's like they're wow. involved. There's no way they're not going to be involved. And now that Henry's been brought in and, you know, Dwayne and his team and Danny are all like, yeah, we did it. We can make this happen. We're going to be involved now. Well, all I got to say is, yeah, okay, you can be involved, but seventy million on a one hundred fifty million dollar production budget, not including P and A, ain't going to cut it. It just sounds like a sounds like a family fight over Thanksgiving meal. This is what this, it sounds sounds like over. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what it's going to be like. It's it's a bunch of people at the table grabbing at the damn turkey, and you don't have a lot of turkey. So, I, I just I, I I don't. I again, I am fully willing to eat crow if I'm proven wrong, and this ends up bringing DC back to the heights that it probably deserves to, given their library and the, the level of characters they have to access. But I'm not convinced. But do you guys feel like people are just grabbing at anything right now? Like, there's no clear vision direction of where the entertainment space is going to go what kind of movement's going to take place what people are attaching themselves to besides snapchat and instagram videos like 
do is there or i guess tiktok sorry i'm showing my age i said snapchat (laughs) (laughs) but do you find do you think that like you know sean what are you thinking do you feel like people are just only talking about the negative impacts and not really kind of looking at like big picture growth areas yeah there's i mean there's a lot of people feeling lost right now uh and but it's not even nothing new i think it's probably the past few years uh where this isn't all making a lot of sense where you know streaming was making a sense for netflix but everybody pivoted into it and then wall street you know came along this year and was like well we don't care as much about subscribers anymore how much you're making or losing wait a second we just spent three or four years building these <laughs> numbers uh that don't make a lot of that we aren't making as much money as we used to um yeah, I, I think you know that is. Uh, there's no vision, and we grew up in a you know in a business that doesn't exist anymore, which is not a new statement to say. Uh, and this is just the, the new reality that it will never settle, and that's where everybody needs to have a little bit of, I think, a little uh, comfort in the discomfort, um, in the sense that the digital world is not going to be what the bedrock of three, you know, the three networks were, and the legal protections that were there that kind of made those worlds exist for a long time that those rules went away and you know so it just has to yes to answer your question i think yes there is that your, your sense is exactly right tim um what someone does about it <laughs> good, good luck and now it's just being exacerbated by just the economy and everybody now in these earnings calls being like we don't know what's going to happen in q4 23 doesn't look great uh you know so there's that un- unease about it and this week, you know, on CNBC reported, you know, Warner Brothers is going to laugh at another thousand people before the end of the year. Uh, CNN was uh, put a memo, the CEO put a memo out about, you know, there's essentially saying layoffs are coming. So, you know, and this Twitter stuff we mentioned before, <laughs> you know, who knows what. So there's just all these things add up. It's like, yeah, of course you would be on edge because you don't, you know, as you collectively or individually don't know if your job is going to be there in a year and who, that's the worst place I think we can all agree to be in in, in the industry. So, yeah, I just don't know that there's a real like, when does it get better or when does it settle? I'm like, I don't, you know, it doesn't. Like, I, I don't know that it really yeah, I, does. I don't know if it's settled, but I just feel like, you know. When do we feel better about it? Well, I feel like <laughs> the, the, the subscriber race was at least something we could focus on. Oh, who was right. winning? Yeah, we're getting right. there, and now it's like right. we don't care. Subscribers is like, what? Where's this? Wait, what are we? How are we gonna keep score? What do we? Yes, exactly. Like, that's, well, I didn't that's, lose. You lost more than me. Is the only thing right, right, right. And that's part of the that fun factor, Tim. I was talking about the business is less fun because the answer is a lot harder to 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 tell you. Um, and it also right. involves the Asia Pacific region now, and it all you know like these things that you people don't know about that take you know it's a little. I love this stuff, and I'm a big nerd about it. But uh, you know, talk about the, that. Asia Pacific region. What what's that? Well, because that's where the growth is in subscriber numbers. Uh, the U.S. Yeah. is kind of flatlined, so we're going to get a lot of numbers next, uh, the first week of November. You know, Paramount Plus or HBO Max, but you know, Netflix for the two point four million of growth it had over half of that was in Asia Pacific region. The U.S. was plus one hundred thousand, which is really not much when you have a seventy three million user base. So yeah, right. you know, and I don't think the numbers that anybody else is going to be. The competition has gotten to be such a case where you know uh, it's hard to find any growth, and you also have people you know Paramount Plus just did an offer for twenty five dollars for a year. So how do you grade that subscriber versus you know? So even again, a subscriber count isn't even accurate because Netflix has been one price or you know has been they don't discount and it's this they raise prices over time and now they're doing advertising, but it's been this metric where you could judge it. Now you can't because everybody plays different games with this stuff. And, you know, Peacock's its own different universe and HBO Max, you know, does a deal for whatever it might be. You know, they're still selling it, I think, or 
so for you know eighty dollars for the year, so that's going to be over next month, and so uh, it, it's harder to, to say that. But there's, the global region is getting much more important because that's where the growth is still is coming. But but again, the, the the caveat there, Tim, is that you can't charge as much for it in a few countries over there, namely India and Indonesia, where you're charging you know pennies on the dollar for the services. So again, subscriber growth there isn't what subscriber growth is here. Uh, you know, I've already lost half the audience. It's like, yeah, it's just not as much fun to understand about like, oh, who won right. Thursday night on the Nielsen? It's like, okay, got it. By the way, and now it, I know why we talk about Tom and Giselle's divorce because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's something yeah, a little easier to, to grasp. On. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if all, I know. If our I, greatest I, breakthrough is commercials on Netflix, this is not uh, a <laughs> growth industry. <laughs> yeah. Unless, of yeah. course, you're making Netflix commercials, then this is a great moment to be a production company yeah. making Netflix commercials. Right. Yeah. And this is something, too, that I'm going I'm to talk about next week in the my wake up newsletters that, you know, all, and all the prices are being raised right now. So as the as the recession goes on, no one knows what this price raise thing is going to be. Hulu just went up in October. ESPN went up, you know, three bucks a month in August. Disney Plus is essentially going up. If you want to have the ad free, three dollars in December. Apple TV Plus is now two dollars more expensive. It's all happening at once. Netflix is the only person offering you a discount right now, and I'm like that's actually not a bad proposition. That they're saying, hey, this thing that was fifteen bucks, now seven if you want ads. You know, yeah. they're the own company reading the room in a certain sense uh, that I think I'm going to you know dive a little more into that next week just to explore that and what the landscape is. But it's also happening at this time where, you know, the money's coming in and they're raising prices and people, you know, I'm sure you, the three of us right here, I'm sure you've had this conversation with many friends about how much things cost. And now right. we know these price changes are coming. The public doesn't know. Right. What's the reaction going to be in January? Once all this stuff goes into play about the streaming business and this great value you get, and they're like, why am I? Oh, great. These guys want more money now, too. Great. You know what? I don't care. Or whatever. You know, who knows what the reaction might be, right. what the repercussions might be. So, a lot more to, around the corner here, Tim. Yeah, to, I'm to looking for, I mean, there's going to be when pressure is put on, things evolve. So, I, I'm looking forward to the evolution to take place. To not know what it is always creates some anxiety. But you know it comes, right? Because this industry never dies, but it does kind of move on and evolve, which means there's new opportunities for creatives, new opportunities for builders, and new opportunities for the message to get out. Um, it's just our job to find it. Sometimes we don't. We right. humans want it easier than harder. But um, yes, really exactly. What's the simple uh, answer? But no, it's yeah. not. The problem isn't people don't like TV and movies anymore. Like that would be the bigger problem. Like, you know, the interest is uh, people just want to watch TikTok. So I'm like, no, that hasn't been proven. I, you know, and even the movie business has come back. You know, the problem with the movie business is that, you know, they don't have enough product, not that people don't like going to the movies. Clearly, that's been proven several times over again post pandemic. So that would be more troubling, Tim, like, you know, of like, oh, nobody came back to the movie theater. That would have been, you know, or it was half, you know, whatever it may be. It's not what it yeah. was. It never was going to be. Movies weren't going up before the pandemic, but. It's still a solid business, as we said. Radio still, you know, things still exist. People still like these things, and that's the solace. I would say is that people will always want to watch TV and movies, whether where they're watching it, how the you know that kind of thing is shifting. But that's the reassurance. Is not that like oh, people don't like the product anymore. This isn't hard seltzer where it's like oh no, people aren't buying this anymore. It was a fad. Oh no, if I put my whole fortune on hard seltzer, I'm in real trouble. You know, people still like our product, so that's good news. Yeah, yeah, they always they always want the product. 
Okay, uh, we got to wrap this up. But if anybody's listening to this and wants to know the brains behind the wake up, um, <laughs> now you know where it comes from. There's a lot of thought that Sean has, and he's piling into these processes. It's much shorter in the newsletter I say. <laughs> yes, much it's more. A great, I, it's I, a great read. Awful. I can I can personally attest. It's a great morning read. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I highly, Google, I recommend. Google has nothing on you when it comes to this knowledge. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, welcome, you're getting a snapshot into every evening I write. So I'm like, right, <laughs> wait a second, how do I make this in three paragraphs? Not even three sentences. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I do a pretty good job. Uh, you yeah, do. Break up. You absolutely. Uh, do. Teachers, he'd be so proud of you. Five hundred words or less. <laughs> it's pretty the much that's, process. Is it is. Like, that's Tim. You're, <laughs> you're not. You're, you laugh, but that's kind of like. When you have a word, a, a, like a character count, you know, I don't put that yeah. literally that hand, that handcuff on myself, but it is like that of like, okay, uh, lose this word, lose this whatever, this sentence, this thing. Invent that, a new word that means the right. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, so you can check that out at the angler at the angler.com. You can uh, check out the wake up newsletter. Yeah, we love it. And uh, we appreciate you guys coming on and being part of our network too. We truly um, are fans of the Ankler and all you guys are doing over there. So yeah, thanks, Sean. Our appreciate it. team and keep up the good work. Cool, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And, uh, always, always fun chatting. I, I didn't even say the word ARPU for you, Tim. I'll say that. I you know. know. I'll <laughs> say that. For- <laughs> I said it once. Did you? All right, keep counting it. All right. As long as somebody said it, then then we officially <laughs> check the podcast. One ARPU so. bingo today. That's like ARPU yeah. bingo. It was all me. Yeah. <laughs> good job, Keith. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. You have a good one. Thanks, guys. <laughs>